do you want to be prepared for anything that could happen in day-to-day -day life or when disaster strikes from the office to the outdoors then please go to squatchsurvivalgear.com and check out the packs that they have to offer they're made in america and i mean every single piece of fabric hardware buckle and frame all the labor too is right here in america so when you buy from squatch survival gear you're supporting multiple small businesses right here at home i've become good friends with chris um, he, he's a military vet so all of these packs are made to mill spec all right so they're all military standard packs they're good for everything these things are virtually bomb proof i promise you i own two of them i have the rock ape and the mothman pack they cannot be beaten i've i've had gear all my life i had gear in the military i have gear when i go hunting i have gear for camping the squat survival gear changes the game all right i i take one to work every day i take the mothman pack with me to work just use it as a regular backpack but it's so functional it's it's just unbelievable quality all right so please go to squatsurvivalgear.com now to save 15 percent site-wide i encourage you to use promo code 23 bump that's 23 b-u-m-p to save 15 percent site-wide Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So now that we have this knowledge, we have to remember to walk in 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face -face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. i got a great show for you today. This week, I'm bringing on Callie. Callie's coming to us out of the state of Ohio. She heard about the show through a past guest that I had on. Um, we did a show called, I think it was Deep Perception, Deep Perspective. I'll have to look it up. But I know it was Patience Lane. I know that. I can't remember the episode name, but I know it was Patience Lane that uh Callie heard that episode and reached out to come on the show and share her experiences so I'm going to give her the floor let her talk about whatever she wants 
Uh, we've exchanged a few emails or text messages. We've pushed this appointment time back week after week because things just didn't line up for us. Um, it's it's really difficult when you know you're, just, you're balancing schedules for everybody, and she's been really patient with me, so I appreciate that. If you will be in the Northern Ohio area, October 6th, 7th, and 8th, please join me for the Fortean Airwaves Conference. I'll be there along with about five other podcasters. Um, we'll spend a weekend getting to know each other, doing some panels, uh, having some discussions, just hanging out. Let me see if I can remember everybody that's going to be there. I know it's going to be Kill the Mockingbirds. I know Appalachian Intelligence is going to be there. I know Uncomfortable is going to be there. I know Cryptos of the Corner is going to be there. And I know Hollow Sky is going to be there. That's all of them. Woo! I didn't even forget. All right. If you want to get a hold of me, you can just reach me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via the bump phone. That's 304-812-0553. Leave me a voicemail or a text. I'll get back at you if I don't just answer the phone. Um, if there's anything that you want to send my way for me to review, like if it's a book review, if it's art you want me to hang on the wall here behind me, if it's just whatever, you know, no cursed objects. I ain't about that. Um, you can send it to the Bump Podcast at P.O. Box 1453, Chapmanville, West Virginia, 25508. All right. I'm going to bring Callie on the, onto the show and uh, let her explain her paranormal life. All right. The floor is yours. All right. Hi, my name is Callie, and this is my daughter, Elena. Hi. And we're here joining the Bump Podcast to talk about um, spiritual and creepy things. That's right. All right. So I want to talk, like, I talked to my niece a long time ago. Oh, no. Did we lose you already? There it is. There it, it is. It might be the storm that we had last night. Might be. Like the wind hitting a tree and the tree hitting the telephone line. We got about as far as I talked to your niece. Okay. So, um, hmm. okay. Tell me when to start again. Hey, go ahead. Okay. So you talked to my niece and, um, I, you know, I've, she's come a long way in her belief system, a long way. I became a believer of like Jesus and the gospel and all that stuff when I was like 16. Okay. Um, before, when I was littler, I would see orbs before I got glasses and stuff. When I was little, we would go. There's a place in Harrison, Ohio, Marvin Road. I know I was old enough to remember where I lived. 
and I didn't have glasses at the time, but we would walk at nighttime and there was like shrubs that are really tall, kind of like a privacy fence. And I would try to chase these orbs that were white, red, and orange. And they were as big as dogs. Some of them were, some of them were smaller, but I could never get them. Oh, wow. And I remember that like, like it was nothing. Like it's a core memory stuck in there. Yeah. And like nobody knew what I was talking about. They all thought I was crazy, like making up being a goofy little kid. Right. What do you think it was? I I honestly don't know. I know it wasn't like light spheres out of nowhere. I mean, because they were just hovering and going places. Yeah. They were just like some of them were just idling, you know. So I don't I don't know. They could be spirits. They could be. I don't think they're light fractions, you know, Yeah. especially that late at night or that close to dusk because it was the summertime and nobody else was seeing them but me. So I don't, I'm really not sure. That's interesting. It, it is interesting because that's like the one I remember clear as day. Right. And then, um, see my family a lot of people in my family have never graduated like my mom has an eighth grade education my dad has a sixth grade education like nobody's really gone to college or anything and i'm like the first one to graduate and go to college wow and actually like break how do you call it break the cycle of poverty yeah. I guess, you know, living, there's nothing wrong with living off the government and stuff, but like, I didn't want to have that life of constantly working. You know, I work to live, not live to work. Right. But so when I was 16, I moved back in with my mom from staying with my dad. And that was just, my parents were divorced. And there was a lot of bad spirituality things going on there. Um, a lot of abuse and neglect and a whole ton of bad stuff. I I don't want to really get on that, but it's all right. There was a feeling inside me that led me that I had to leave. Like that something really, really, really bad was gonna happen if I didn't leave staying with my dad. Right. So I left. I moved in with my mom and then I was going to church with my little sister and my parents don't believe in the church. They don't believe in any of that stuff, you know, completely agnostic. And I was saved probably like two months after moving in. Wow. Like at my little sister's church. We're like 18 months apart. Yeah. So like, it was very strange that feeling of being pulled, the spiritual pull. I don't know how else to, to, to describe it. But, um, I mean, this people have to realize, like, there's a lot of truth to what people are saying. You know, like, why would you say if there's no truth to it? Exactly. Yeah. All right, why would you why would conspiracy theorists say this if there wasn't any truth to it? Right. Like that makes no sense. 
Like, that's like the boy who cried wolf. Like, you know, why would you lie, lie, lie? And then when it actually happened, you know, nobody would believe you. Like, that doesn't make sense. Especially if you actually saw something. Right. But, um, so, um, I've always had weird spiritual things happen to me since I was little. Just trying to get them all in a row. Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Take your time. Um, good Lord. Well, the most recent ones that I can remember, too, um, I was talking to my niece patients that you talked to, um, we were in Brookville and my, my sister, my older sister, they made a Ouija board. Mm. Oh, shut my they made a Ouija board out of cardboard. <laughs> I'm like, what teenagers do this, I guess. Oh, and yeah. I was like eight maybe at the time. And they were playing on it and everything. And I remember going up to the window of our trailer, which is super tiny, and seeing this big face. With like a beard, a long scraggly beard. Not like that. And um it was kind of see-through, but not opaque, maybe. Yeah. And I was like, hey you guys, somebody's out there in the tree. And they didn't believe me. And then when they went out, they like screamed. Hmm. Like that's that was very interesting. Yeah. Any idea maybe who that could have been? I, I don't know. I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be playing with the Ouija board. I didn't know what the Ouija board is at eight, you know, like. Right. You know, and they're like 14, 15, 16. I'm just like, you know, my sister, she has the same stories, but like, you know, different perspective. Right. Um, so the most recent spiritual things that I've been through the last 10 years or so. Are you listening or are you want to yeah, talk? No, I'm listening. Okay. Excited. I know you're excited. <laughs> so well, feel, feel free to talk, Lana, if you want to. No, I'll, I'll, do, I'll save mine for the end. I've asked okay. God not to give her anything spiritual because I can't oh, handle that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't handle my child having spiritual gifts. So I ask God not until she's older. <laughs> you know, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see demons and stuff. I like discernment. I'll use that anytime. But I don't, I want to live a simple life. Yeah, I feel you. I understand. I, you know what I mean? Like, just let me, you know, live and do my thing. I don't want to see extraterrestrials or I don't want to see like <laughs> demons. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't want to see. I don't, I'm not afraid. I just don't want to be super aware of it. You know, yep. to where it, like, inhibits, like, my life. Because that's what they want to do is bug the crap out of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll drive you crazy if they can. Yes. Th yeah. I I really think, yeah. I really think that's a lot with our mental health going on here. Yeah. Oh. Like, I, as a nurse, I really come to ask myself on the spiritual side, is this a demon oppression or possession? Right. Because, or, because some things just don't make sense. Yeah. And like the only. Looks like he froze up again. It's got to be the same. 
There it goes. Okay. Uh, hey, you're so good. <laughs> it's got to storm out here. Going inside ain't gonna help, baby. Well, it's nice and cool. Oh, you'll be fine. It's nice out here. I'm gonna go pet my. Yeah, we have a pet possum, so she's gonna go pet it. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, um, so when my husband and I got together, um, I moved in with him and his parents, and um. I was sleeping in his mom's guest room and I was asleep on a futon. You know, those things are terrible. Oh yeah. And I looked over and on his workout bench, it looked like there was a gargoyle like hunched over with these green eyes. Mm. And it was like different opacities of gray and black, like some, like as it gets, um, more center toward the item it would get darker right and um i when i was i was like 18 yeah and um i didn't believe it at first so i had to find my glasses and put them back on <laughs> and when i put my glasses on i saw what i saw i was out oh no it was still there it was still there i yeah it was not a good situation i my heart was pounding I didn't know what the thing. Um, so what what did this gargoyle look like? Did it look like like a demon? Like they have wings or what? Yeah, they had these big, huge wings, but it was sitting like a gargoyle. You know how they sit on the edge of yeah, like on the workout bench like that, like it was perched and watching. Oh my gosh! And the only thing that woke me up between like the sleep and dream state or whatever, right when you're getting ready to fall asleep, was I heard a noise a strange noise that woke me up yeah yeah the i woke up screaming i was like screaming I'm like y'all need to get in this room something's in here and they didn't see anything but they prayed over the house and the room and haven't seen it since wow but see before that my husband and i were together for a year dating in high school and we would go on dates and stuff like normal people. And I would see like this big shadow creature following us, like in the cornfield. But it was much bigger, like a cow. And it was keeping up with the car. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And I would just get a weird feeling, not really fuzzy, but just a, like, you know, when you get goosebumps, kind of like that. Right. Came yeah. So, and like whenever this thing came around, it was like hell. Hmm. Like emotions on high end, people real agitated. Yep. It was weird. This the shadow did it. Were you seeing it over the cornfield, or where was it like pushing through the cornfield? Well, what? the cornfield was it was cut, so it was just running in the field like a deer would. Oh, or wow. okay. Yeah, but it was much bigger, like a bull size. Mm. But, but it was the same thing I saw in my room. That is so creepy. Uh-huh. I'm like, I, I tell people this, I'm like, you know, the spiritual realm is real, and I got some stuff. Yeah. So my husband and I have been together for almost, what, 18, 19 years? 
we got together young. Right. We had a lot of goals we wanted to meet by the time we were 40 and such, like paying off our house and, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, so my husband built our house in 2009. So we're on like family property and it's out in the middle of nowhere. We have these two old pay lakes. It's beautiful out here. You'd love it. You'd love fishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of fishing out here and swimming. Anyway, so we got two acres my husband had gotten from his dad. And we, my husband dug out this giant hill to build our house into. All right. Who who are we? What's his name? Moogie. <laughs> That's adorable. He is our pet possum. We got him here in Franklin County. Yeah. A lady whose dog brought him up. He was six ounces when his her dog brought him up, and I didn't want him to die, so we bottle fed him. Oh my goodness. He thinks he's a dog or a human. Or cat. He comes and leaves as he wants. Yep. They make great pets. Uh, yeah, they do. A lot nicer than raccoons. Oh, yeah. You just can't. They sleep all day. <laughs> he lets the children wrap him up like a baby and carry him around. That's adorable. Yeah, he gets into everything, too. He's a turkey. My husband loves him. He's not allergic to him, either. Yeah. And he's allergic to everything else. <laughs> what are the odds, Right. Right. So so when my husband built this house, he dug it out. So it was a big hill in the countryside and he dug real deep, you know, and built up the foundation to build our house. He did all the work except like pouring the concrete and his family helped too. Right. You know, anyway, so December, 2009, we moved in. We still had like little things to do, you know, con or tile and stuff. You have to go back and do stuff. Well, take him back in his house. He's supposed to be sleeping. It's daytime. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, so it all started one night in December, and I remember it being like the middle of the month and at like three in the morning. And I kept hearing this banging music, kind of like the banging and rhythm of drums from Indian drums. Hmm. And it was in the back far corner on the other side of the house in my laundry room. And so I wake up. I was like, I thought I left the TV on, like on Dances with Wolves or something. Right. And I was like, okay, I got to turn this off. Nothing was on. And when I reached halfway down the hall, it went off. It stopped. So I was like, oh, great. We have a haunted house now. Yeah, really? Well, my husband didn't believe me. Because he's, he's a very logical man. He's spiritual too, but mostly logical. Yeah. And um, so that happened a few other times, but it was always around three or four o'clock in the morning and always near the middle end of the month, mm -hmm. which I thought was weird. But my niece Patience told me it's not weird. So yeah. something with the moon and the witching uh, hour. Yeah, the witching hour. Anyway, 
So that happened a few times. And my husband, he was working night shift and I was working day shift. So we were on different shifts. So he didn't get to hear any of the crazy stuff. Right. So it was still winter, like February, January. And uh, one morning, it was early in the morning. I heard a bunch of clashing and clinging and breaking stuff. And I remember it was like 2.30, 3, 4 in the morning, around there. And so I go into the kitchen, and all my my pots and pans are on the ground. Hmm. And at this point, I'm more mad because I have to work the next day. Yeah, really? <laughs> I'm like, so I'm telling Indian, I'm like, Indian, spirit, whatever, I've made mad. Can you just go home? <laughs> and he's probably thinking this hill was my home until you dug it up. Right. So, you know, apparently that didn't work because at the time I wasn't thinking you have to say in Jesus name for all the spirits because that works. I've taught my little girl that since before she could talk. She was ever sick or, you know, feeling scared or anything bothering her. Just say in Jesus name, whatever spirit or feeling is bothering her, go away. No, go away. It has to, yeah. Work? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Works every time, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And try to teach it right, you know. That's right. Anyway, so, yeah, so it kept doing this stuff, you know, a couple weeks ago by, nothing would happen. And then, like, it, I guess the veil was thin enough for something to get through again. And I woke up another morning and all my cabinets in my entire house, bathrooms, kitchen, anything, even the washing machine. Everything was open. Oh, my goodness. So, at this point, I'm a little mad. I'm a little frustrated. I'm like, I don't know what this thing wants. You know, and I'm telling my husband all this. And he's like, this is before phones. Like, before really good pictures and all that stuff. Right, yeah. 2009, 2010, you know. And I'm just like, how am I going to get him to believe me? Like. Yeah. And. You know, because I, I, I like to scare people and I like scary stuff, but this isn't so much scary to me. It's more annoying. <laughs> yeah. Because I know I'm like, I have to clean up after this ghost thing or whatever's in my house. <laughs> and your house has, you say it's like a berm house, right? So it's got these yeah. super thick walls. Yeah. And it's in back cut into the mountain. So it's not like a train can go by and rattle your cabinet doors or pretty solid home. Yeah, we're literally like 30, 40 feet underground. Yeah, Yeah, we live in a bunker. Like, (laughs) the only thing that's, like, we have windows, you know, in case there was a fire or something. I probably wouldn't have windows if it was up to my husband or the people that let you build houses. Right. But, um, yeah, like, nothing, the only thing we can do is the rain because our house has metal, too. Right. You know, so I'm just like, nobody's getting in or out of my house because I have an alarm system. And I know it's not my husband because he wakes up at 530 or, you know, he gets home at 530 in the morning at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, looking through my Bible, what do I need to do? This is before the Google times, I think. I didn't have a computer out here then. Yeah, so... I keep waiting and waiting for me to, I'm like, God, send me, I need to prove to him we need to anoint my house or do something to get this thing out because I need sleep. Right. You know, because I'm a nurse and I need 
Absolutely. So one night, and it's right at the springtime, right when spring starts, when the air is changing, and you can smell it. You know, mm -hmm. you can smell it happening. Um, he was home. He got off work. He was off that day. And we went to bed a little early. And four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning comes by and we hear this buzzing noise. And it was like, and I'm like, what's going on? So I, it was coming out of our, our bathroom in our bedroom. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I went in there and looked and I told my husband to get up and look because I couldn't figure it out. And it was in the dark. So he turns on all the lights and he opens up his um, bathroom cabinet where the men keep all their, their beard shaving stuff. Right. And he had a Norelco shaver and it was like a $120 shaver and he couldn't turn it off. The button was crushed in. Wow. Yeah. Like this spirit literally to prove its point broke my husband's shaver. That, that would take some force. It did. Yeah, it definitely did. Like you can see the button all crushed and warped. Yeah. And the only way we could get it to turn off was taking the batteries out. Mm. So the, after that, he believed me. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. He did. So um, we anoint after we were awake at that time. So we we prayed over some oil and we anointed the house, and we hadn't had any problems since. Thank God. Until, well, a few years ago. We have like family members of all different religious backgrounds come to our house, you know? Yeah. You never know what kind of spiritual problems they're bringing in. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have mirrors outside my door or anything. My house is very simple. I don't really decorate or anything. I'm, you know, I can't take it with me when I die. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't really do a lot of decorating or anything like that. But, um, so like I was watching my friend Marty's kids, he went on his honeymoon with his wife and their babysitter dropped out. So I watched his kids for a week, which they were all under the age of three. Okay. <laughs> You're <was> brave. <laughs> I am very brave. Yes, you were alive. Oh, I hate those kids. Go, shush. Oh, my gosh. Alina, shh. Okay. You're on live. <laughs> anyway. But they're very. All right, hush. Anyway, um, after they came and got those children, they left. And my niece and my sister-in-law came to stay all night. And my daughter and my two other nieces were sleeping in her room. And it was like 11 o'clock at night and my niece and my sister-in-law Pam are, they have some spiritual gifts. I'm not going to say they don't, they do. And, um, I went to bed, me and Mark did, and then they went to bed in our guest room on the other side of the house next to the girls. And right between, you know, the sleep, when you fall asleep and when you're awake, like that really nice getting comfortable zone. Oh yeah. I heard my daughter would come in and get in bed with me sometimes. So I heard pitter patter, little feet pitter patter. Because my house is all tile. Right. It's just easier to clean up messes. <laughs> and um, 
I was like, oh, Elena, just come on and get in bed. You know, did you have a bad dream or something? And she never got in bed. And like literally 20 seconds later, if not that, my my sister Pam comes in. My sister-in-law Pam comes in and she goes, Mark, Callie, you need to wake up. You have something in your house. Wow. And it's like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? And so um, Elena's like maybe seven or no I'm like three no you're not I'm not no all right you don't remember that's why because you were little Um, and you were sleeping by the grace of God you never heard the story unless Anna told you all right well then hush and listen okay anyway um so we all go out and Pam and Anna tell me and Mark that they were in our spare bedroom and they were getting ready to go to sleep, and Anna turned to roll over, and she saw two little girls facing the wall, like they were like laughing and concealing something. Oh wow! Yeah, that they were the same age about as the girls that were sleeping in the room. So I was like, great, you know, my my friend brought in demons in my house, you know. Oh, like, my so like. I'm not really scared. And at first I'm just like, okay, you know, all right, let's see what God is doing. Because my niece, Anna, was very young in her spiritual journey. Like, you know, she's a 20 year old, you know how being young, you know, learning about God and depression and all that stuff. Oh yeah. You know how that can be. I mean, being a, an, you know, wanting something physical from God to, you know, show you that he's real. Yeah. So apparently that's what Anna's asking for and didn't know it, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so um, we talked about it. And so we decided to go through and anoint the house because it scared the bejesus out of Anna. And so we started at my room and we started anointing every you know, open area, you know, that you can get in and out of. And as we were anointing, I would, we would hear pitter patter. And we would, I felt something like grab the back of my pants a few times. Hmm. Or like run past, you know, like how wind goes past, like, or like, like a little kid goes and brushes up against you. Yeah. Like behind your legs, like a toddler would, I would feel that every once in a while. As we were anointing the house. And I thought that was really weird. So during us praying. And we're talking like normal. Like I'm talking to you right now. The children did not wake up once. Like during this whole ordeal. Yep. And we're praying normally. And we're rebuking. You know. And you know. Whatever these spirits were. They were kind of annoying. But. We got into the garage, which is the last area to rebuke and pray over. And um, we got in a line. And you know, like in the Bible, it says there's like usually someone that is an interpreter and somebody speaking in tongues. Right. I'm not, I'm not like great Bible studying type of person. I'm not really good on all that memorizing stuff, but. Um, we were in a circle in my garage and we were praying over the house and stuff. And then 
apparently one of us was speaking in tongues. I don't know if it was Pam or Mark. I don't remember. But I think it was Pam speaking in tongues. And Pam also did the um, translation, maybe. It went so fast. It's hard to remember. Right. And um, my niece, Anna, was across from Pam, her mom. And then Mark and I were across from each other. And according to Anna, we were holding her hands like super tight, like to where it was painful. Hmm. But to me and Mark, we were just holding her hands like normal, like very gentle. Yeah. And so um, Anna said it was very scary that, you know, we were praying. And then her mom said that she is God's and that she is a child of God's and that nothing can break that bond. And you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's a very surreal thing. So, like, everybody's perspective was different. Like, mine and Mark's were the same. But, like, Anna's was, like, everything was kind of in her face. And, like, she couldn't get away from our grasp, even though we were just holding her in, like, normal. Yeah. But apparently not. Yeah. She was under attack. Yeah, I think she was. It was very... Different. Her eyes were huge when we got done praying. Mm. So, like, I don't know. I thought it was very strange. I think that God was using our house to, like, help her. Yeah. Well, you know, an experience like that will make you a believer. Uh, (laughs) It was insane. Like, I'm sure her, the way she talked about the story would be different. But, like, we came back into the house, and, you know, um, we had the wood stove on. And I have a wood stove in my living room. And we were praying, you know, and we were just praying just, you know, some things that we needed to say. You know, make sure we cover all our bases. Right. You know, to whatever's going on. And... Me and Pam and Anna, when we were praying against the evil spirits in my house, we heard like screams coming from the inside of the wood stove. Wow. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like these crazy screams. Like you would, I don't even know if they could be replicated. Like, I don't know. And then after they would scream, it was like this really creepy carousel music. What? Yes. And Anna and Pam and I heard it. Mark didn't hear the creepy carousel music. But like, I even thought it was the, we have a pot of water. I thought the pot was getting too hot and was like steaming off. So I took the pot off. It wasn't the pot of water. Wow. That's so weird. Yeah, it is weird. You know, when I tell people about the story, I'm like, it doesn't faze me anymore because it's real and you just got to, like, go with the flow thing. That's it. Yeah. The creepy carousel music is something, you know, like you would hear on, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark show or, you know, like those scary movies. Yeah. The creepy carousel music. It's like that, but a little bit more creepy. Mm. Like a little more more sinister sounding yeah well, that would probably run most people out of the house yeah but this is my house i mean like i built it and stuff i'm not letting anything take it that's it there you go it's mine 
My husband built it. I painted it. I keep it clean. Nobody's taking it from me. That's right. <laughs> I don't care if you're spiritual or not. You know, this is why I parked my tushy at night. There you go. So, yeah, I thought that was an interesting situation. Yeah, it really is. And so I, all, I, I hear in my ears a lot of ringing a lot of time. And I don't really, it doesn't really help me like, it helps me discern like uh, good people and bad people, but that's about it. Right. You know, I spoke to somebody else who, who gets that. Um, he's, he said he feels evil, like an evil presence or a, like a, like a demonic attack. It'll come to him as like a, kind of like a ringing in his ear, like a pressure or a tone in his ear too. I heard, I've like heard that before. People. Yeah. Yeah, people carry a lot of bad stuff on them. That's what, I think that's why my husband moved us out so far out in the country. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I like being away too. Do you have something to say? Are you finished? Go ahead. You have a story? Yeah, one. Let okay. Me hear it. All right. Well, it's not long, but go ahead. When I was uh, like five or six years old, the power went out. And my dad wasn't home. He was at work. And, like, I was terrified. I'm still terrified of the dark. And, um... Yeah, it's true. I had a castle in my room that my dad built because he's a pretty good builder. And I'm kind of spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I was about to go, and my mom was in the garage, and the garage door, I think, was open. And, um... As soon as I walk in, I have this little dungeon. A giant thing just quickly comes out and comes and gets me. Like, remember when my mom was explaining, like, shadowy creatures and stuff? Yes. Imagine the green one, but with red eyes. Oh, no. Oh, really? You never told me that. Well, yeah, you did tell me that. Like, ten times better. Is that why you didn't like the dungeon? No, I still like the dungeon. It's the best hiding spot. (laughs) 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 Terrifying. And I was like, yeah she had a we built a castle bed for her out of mark's old bunk beds yeah they had a slide and you, you know a dungeon to hide in it it was different <laughs> you are. But, but um yeah elena when she was little she would see things too um my mom died when Elena was little and um I want to say Elena was like hmm. no Elena wasn't even born no that was when my sister died so Elena wasn't born when my mom died and so we cremated her and things um we have a kidney disease in our family called polycystic kidney fibrosis disease mm-hmm. essentially you're going to need a kidney transplant I am the last living relative, I believe, in our family to have it on my mom's side. Oh, wow. And my grandma, Gladys Merrill, was the first successful kidney transplant at Christ Hospital in Cincinnati. So there, there's a lot of generational stuff going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my mom had her first kidney transplant at 36. And she died at 50. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. That's okay. We didn't have the best relationship. She wasn't the greatest mom. There were some good aspects, but 
you know, she, she liked the bars and partying and, you know, she was a young mother and yeah, know what it was like back in those days, but she was different. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, so, um, yeah. So she died and we had her funeral and stuff. And this is before I built my porch and stuff. She's only been out here like once or twice on my property to see like how far I've come from pretty much being destitute, you know, living in poverty. Like we were on the low end. Yeah. Like Kingsland County is in, in Indiana is like the most impoverished county. You know, yeah. I think what I was told the other day with people living on welfare and there's not enough jobs and stuff. You know, I get it. Uh, I'm from a very impoverished place too. It sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um. So when Elena was little, um, I dumped my mom's ashes in our ponds and on our property because I I don't really. I mean, once you die, you die. I'm just like, you know, your spirit's gone. You're in heaven or, you know That's what I mean? A, yeah. God, you're one with earth again. You know, I'm one of those people. Yeah. You know, you're not here no more. You're just like an animal. You died and you're going to recover back from the earth, you know? And um, Elena would say she would see a lady out in the yard. I would? Yeah, you would when you were a baby. You were not a baby. You were little. Yeah. Anyway, and she'd be talking to somebody out on the, you know, we didn't have a porch. We just had some gravel at the time. And I'm like, who are you talking to? She's like, no one. Like, you know. Yeah. And so one day I was going through some old DVDs and I had a DVD from when my mom was on Channel 5 News when her friend Virgil was going to give her a kidney. Right. And she's 36, mind you. I'm 37 this year and I don't have to have a kidney transplant. You know, I'm Thank very blessed. Yeah. Well, oh, I don't like the, the drink, you know. Right. There's too many demons in that. Yeah. And um, so we were watching it. And my mom's like 36, 37 in that. And she goes, Grandma. And I'm like, what? Like, Elena's like five at the time. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, that's my grandma. I'm like, no, it ain't. You know, just trying to mess with her. She's like, yeah, it is. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Yep. <laughs> like. Yep. I was just like, we're not watching this no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, has there been any more activity like that? Um, Visitations or anything? Not really. I mean, you know, I mean, not here at the house per se, but like the last couple years were pretty rough on me. Three years. I have a sister. Her name was Nikki. And she was all into like losing weight and, you know, the, the things that speed up your metabolism, all that garbage. And Apparently, her and her boyfriend at the time, back in like 2000, froze up. <laughs> All right, I, I had lost you for a second. You said uh, her and her husband. 
or her and her boyfriend they were boyfriend. engaged they went to like mexico or something to get some off-brand birth control or something but it was drugs i don't know but anyway um she had a brain aneurysm and it was really bad Goodness. like she had a few seizures and like they sent her to uc and all that stuff well ever since she had those aneurysms she was different like more like childlike yeah you know, and she'd be put on medicine, she'd gain weight, and she'd be mad. She was really about the physical appearance a lot. I don't know why, but she was. And um, he left her because he couldn't handle having somebody that's dependent, you know. Hmm. And there was a lot of emotional damage going on there. Yeah. And she's agnostic as well. And so... um. The last couple years, she was in her 40s. She had the kidney disease as well. And she, because of this brain aneurysm, something happened to her. To where she would have like five or six different personalities. Now, I tell you, when I think it's more than just, you know, a chemical problem or something, you know. When you know, you know. Because you get this sickening feeling like you just saw somebody slaughtered in front of you yeah like so the last time i talked to my sister like actually physically saw her i let her come move in with me and elena was a baby oh yeah she was like a year old and we were trying to get like all her social security all her banks moved over to indiana so she could come live with me you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Give her a place to stay, get her on her feet, you know, budget and all that stuff. Well, during that time, she was only on like one medicine. It was for blood pressure. And um, during that time, we were over in Ohio on like a four or six lane road. And she had a paranoia attack thinking I was going to take her to her boyfriend, Tony, or ex-boyfriend, ex-fiance, Tony. To taking her to him so he can steal her identity and take her. And she grabbed the steering wheel. Oh, no. And almost killed us. At that moment, I knew it was not mental. You know what I mean? Something happened, not just with her brain. Like, spiritually, something happened to her. Yeah, something got in there. Because when we got back to my house, she would lose things or misplace things and think that I was stealing her identity. Like, it was always about her identity being taken or stolen or something. It was always about her sense of self. Yeah. It was gone. Yeah. Even with the the challenge with weight loss and all that, she struggled. It was about self, too, right? It was a very selfish self-image. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like she could never grasp getting that back. And she would like, she would not go to dialysis appointments. She would get uremic and almost on her deathbed. And the doctors would fix her up and get her feeling better. And she would just walk out AMA. Mm. Like she was a frequent flyer in yeah. Hamilton. Like it was crazy. <laughs> they were just waiting for the day somebody brought in a body. Yeah. And she was convinced that God was going to heal her. 
And I'm like, okay, that's all right. That's good. But you, God gave doctors too for a reason. You need to do what they say. Right. That's it. Yeah. Right. And so the last time that I saw her physically like alive before she died, like two months later, um, she was in the hospital in Hamilton and I went to go check on her. You know, she looked very sick, very ill, a hundred pounds soaking wet. Um, I, I gave her a bed bath. I'm a nurse, you know, I do all that. And I know the hospital nurses are probably busy. So I cleaned her up, I changed her bed and all that stuff. During that whole time, she was out of it, completely out of it. So when I was done, I was putting everything away. She started waking up. I'm like, okay, cool. So we got to talking a little bit and like, she's weak as a kitten. Yeah. You know, when you have, you know, you're going septic from, you know, having urine stuff in your blood. Right. Um, she sat straight up in her bed and she told me, I don't know how she did this. She told me her boyfriend was Jesus. Jesus and that he was going to heal her. And I tell you in it, in an instant, like a blink of an eye, her, her, the whites of her eye were black. Hmm. Like, and I literally called patients like, like right then after it happened and I told her about it. Yeah. Like my sister was definitely being oppressed by like demons. So she wouldn't take care of herself. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it is. And I tried everything in my power to like help my sister. You know what I mean? When you love people, but that's how they bring you down. Like they take the people you love that are easy to manipulate. Yep. And they bring. These internet glitches don't last long. I'm just going to let this one ride out. Oh, does he have to go? There no, it it's, it's the... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I forgot yeah. to something. What do you want to tell the gentleman? When I think God was, like, saying my name. Oh, God. Elena hears God say her name. Go ahead. Even when people are in the room, I hear him, like, literally saying my name. Or sometimes it's a girl. I don't know why. I just... It's like right when I'm like about to fall asleep or like right middle of the day. Well, when we're just driving. I don't know. Really? She hears. And I ask God Even not to let school. you hear things. Put your dress down. <laughs> Sorry. You love kids. I do. This one, this one's a wild one. This one is. That's all right. That's a good age. Uh, it, it's a fun age. She fell off her bike and gashed up her leg. I'm not going to show him that leg. No. <laughs> Looks like I abused you. No. Does not. Looks <laughs> like a rock killed me. Somewhere. Anyway, like, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. Yeah. My life is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned just to go with the flow. Yeah, I guess so. You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on around you. But you seem like you're you're pretty, pretty solid in the middle of it there. You know, it's yeah. like you, you're a very accepting person. It looks like. I am. I mean, as a nurse, you gotta be. But I just want to help people because 
my husband said the reason he loves me so much is because I got a lot of love to give. And I'm like, probably because I didn't get any when I was a kid. <laughs> but, um, so I forgot to tell you when my husband and I were in high school, our junior and senior year here in Brookville, um, I would see a little boy, probably like the age of seven or eight and like just slacks and a shirt with white hair. Just randomly, like huh. in the hallway, outside, in the field, you know. Yeah. Like on the bus, you know, just weird. Like, what? I know, yeah. So I didn't say anything to my husband for a long. We were just dating then. I didn't want to wig him out. Right. So I don't know what gave me the gumption to ask him, but I asked him. He said he's seen the same little boy a couple times. Was it a local spirit, you think? I don't know. Something trying to reach out or something trying to get you curious enough to let your guard down? I don't know. It was always when we were, like, at school or in class, I remember. Yeah. Like, and then I would just brush it off. Like, whatever. Or maybe it was stress from school. I don't know. That's wild. Yes. But, like, I depicted the boy straight, and he looked at me with a pale face. He's like, what? <laughs> Huh. And yeah, I I didn't really I don't know what to chalk that up to. I I don't I still don't know what to chalk that up to. Yeah, honest with you. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an odd one too. But your husband said he saw it too at that age. Huh? So it sounds yeah. like some kind of spiritual visitation. You know, some kind of a ghost. I guess you know ghosts ghosts exist. So. <laughs> lot of people that didn't want us to be together mm. Every, like a lot of people in his family his mom and dad you know his sister didn't want us to be together my family didn't want me to be with him you know because like we were in the poverty we were from poverty and they were kind of like middle class yeah you know it was kind of like sort of i would say romeo and juliet type thing yeah you know, like, they're too good for us, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're supposed to end up 16 and pregnant. <laughs> what? I mean, that's legit how it goes. I know. I know. It's, 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 you sound like you're talking about my hometown. You know what I mean? Which? What is my hometown? <laughs> no, honey, no. It's okay. <laughs> no, honey. So, yeah, like, so I wanted better for my life. Like, I always wanted to be either a doctor or a nurse. I chose to become a nurse. God gave that to me. I got it for free. Like, I don't have any school debt. Wow. Like, the only debt I have is my house and my car. Yeah. Oh, Wonderful. It's dad's car, but I have to pay for it. <laughs> but, like, I wanted to be able to afford things and have a nice house and not move 100 times a day or a night. You know, when I was younger... I think God gave me the ability to discern like when people are either bad or good or neutral or like, um, you know, something bad is happening because I've, I've used that, like that, that feeling, you know, yeah. save a lot of people's lives. Yeah. That's good. Like being a nurse, I've done a lot of things to help people even if 
you know, a lot of people didn't agree. Like I sent people out of the hospital. I'm like, something's wrong. And I was just going off that gut feeling. Yeah. And something was wrong. You you know, it never that. me away. That's right. So I'm sure my bosses are tired of me sending people to the hospital. <laughs> like just the other day, somebody was going into cardiac failure and I caught it like a week before it even started. Wow. You know, that is a gift. Yeah. Little changes, little changes in a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I have a way with animals too. Clearly, I have a possum. <laughs> you and almost I had like, a gargoyle too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I've rescued a deer in our front yard. There was an eight point buck tangled up. Yeah. You know, I. Yeah, it's just like a big goat. It'd be all right. Yeah. I mean, when my husband's family bought this property 20, 30 years ago, there was a sign on it that said protected by angels. Really? Yes. And it had like one of those, you know, barn fences up, like a gate. Yeah. Yeah. And they just found it randomly just driving around. I love it. Yeah. And now we all live on here like a compound. Like it's me, my father-in-law, my two brother-in-laws, you know, and like a kid cabin for the kids to play in. Yes. And they got zip lines and water. Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a that's a success story, ain't it? Yeah. You guys and made we're it. Only like 15 minutes from the lake. Yeah. You know, it's it's beautiful. But I just think all the times of how it could have ended up so badly. Like if I would have stayed around those bad people, those bad spiritual influences, you know. Oh, yeah. So I was telling you um, about spiritual gifts, like in nursing. So I know this sounds weird. And it's hard for me to still talk about it because I still kind of like am embarrassed, I guess. I, I don't really know. It's weird. So I used to work in a nursing home. I've worked all over the place. And I would pray for people who were dying that were on hospice, you know, and ask God for the, him to, you know, like, why let them suffer? You know what I mean? What's the point? Right. It's painful to die. Your body organs shutting down. You know, like, why would you want somebody? So I would pray over these people and not know a lot about them, you know. Right. And I want to say it was my third or fourth year of nursing. It started happening. Um, I would pray over some of these people. And they would pass away really quickly. Like, I'm saying, like, five minutes. Oh, wow. Or when I'm praying. Or and it or like when I left the building to go on lunch. Well, like I'm not you're fine. You so go. so my my coworkers used to call me the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Well what were you praying for the for them to pass peacefully or for comfort yeah. or and like peacefully and comfortably and that, you know, I would pray out loud and ask God to let him go in my time and not his. 
you know, when you're there to town and that like, I would question God. I'm like, what makes you want to make this person suffer? You know what I mean? Like during the whole COVID thing, that was hell for all the nurses, all the healthcare people everywhere. Like it, I'll get to that in a minute, but before that, I would just pray for people, you know, just simple prayer. I would hold their hand. I would touch their forehead. I'd kiss their cheek, you know, showing some humanity of some sort. Because a lot of the time, people would just die by themselves. Yeah, they would. The family would be at work or, you know what I mean? Or they have no family. So I would just ask God to come and get them because... What would he want people, you know, what what would he want God to do if he was in that same situation? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Come over here a minute, God, with me. You know, like, come on. Put your person, your, put your, you know, self in these people's shoes right now. So, like, I, I got the name Reaper. <laughs> yeah, on the now. And... Hush. Anyway, so um, I worked at a convent for a while. Really? Yes. Um, it didn't work out well, unfortunately. Um, but it was really nice, and they celebrated death. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was very beautiful. Like, it was nothing like the nursing home. That the nuns would stay with their sisters all the time, you know, around the clock. I mean, it was, it was totally different. Yeah. It was very, it was like the end, of, it was a happy end of the journey. Yep. That's when they finally get to go home, right? Right. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was nothing like being alone or nothing. Right. So I would pray for the nuns as well. And that kind of stuff would happen. So, well, a couple years ago, when my sister Nikki passed away, I like when I do this praying thing, I fight with God and I say, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, do I really have to? Like, I'll argue with him. Like, I don't want to. And then if I don't do it, then I end up regretting it, you know, and they'll stay alive for 10 more days or something. You know what I mean? So, um, I was at the hospital with my sister this last time before she died and she ended up having a pulmonary embolism in the hospital. Hmm. Like she went to the ER, she was really restless and stuff and she threw one right there. It was from dialysis. She yeah. got it from dialysis. And they coded her like three times. But she initially died from brain death. And so. Um, so we ended up keeping her on tubes and stuff for three days. I guess that's the, the law now. And. Um, we took her off or I took her off me and my other sister because we were power of attorney because we're the closest relative. And I waited a couple hours and I had this, my sister Pam was looking at me in the hospital room. She's like, Callie, I know you got to do something. You're over there squirming. And I don't normally squirm. Right. Or sit and quiet. 
And so I just told everybody, I'm like, listen, I'm going to pray over Nikki and her salvation and everything. And then I'm just letting you know, she'll probably pass within a few hours or when I leave the building. And of course they don't believe me, you know, because right. I'm me. So I pray over and everything and like 20 minutes goes by and everybody's like, oh, we want to go downstairs and smoke and hang out or whatever. Get a drink. So we left Nikki upstairs with her boyfriend, her boyfriend's mom. And we get downstairs and we're all talking and literally like three minutes go by and they call us to come back upstairs as she passed away. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, like that just proves my point again. I'm telling the truth people. Yeah. So like, what do you think this is? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like Florence Nightingale thing or what, like I'm not going off and killing people. I'm just praying for their salvation and a speedy, Passing into the next realm. Yeah. It's not my superpower. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's it's more like praying for for mercy. Yes. And for comfort. Yeah. It's it's not saying God kill these people. No, because like they could be the worst person in the world. I wouldn't care. I mean, they could have killed people. Hell, they could have been Hitler for all I know, and I still would have prayed for them. Right. Who's Hitler? We ain't getting into Hitler right now. <laughs> that, that's for another time, Lena. <laughs> I'm glad she asked that question. Who's Hitler? Good. You don't know who that is. That's right. Give that one time. Yeah, lots of time. Don't want to give her nightmares. By the way, I like your alien cup holder. Oh, well, thank you very much. You probably got that from the confessional. No, it was... Uh... You know, I, well, now I don't remember. It was a gift, and I can't remember if it was from my wife or a student when I first started working. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Do you have any questions for me? I mean, like, I just keep random on with my ADHD and everything. Like, no, I'm, I'm loving it. You know, we, we've had so many interruptions with the internet and stuff, and that's, that's par for the course, and I guess it was, you know, just the weather. But yeah, because every time you it would go out. Yeah, yeah. What's your question, baby? Well, uh, well, how do you do those pictures when you're like watching, uh, or I mean, listening to the, the podcast on Spotify? Because one time I was on my phone listening to the Pink Cowboy story, and I saw like the Pink Cowboy, and it came through like the wall or the window. It said, "I'm wondering how do you do that?" Well, it takes me a long time to come up with some of those. I, I'll either if I don't. The first season or two, I would draw most of the cover art. And then it got to where I was like, well, let me just look online. And I would find images and I would put it together and Photoshop a bunch of stuff. Well, I have clay. I could help you with it. <laughs> I would love that. She loves making stuff. Hey, yeah, make, make one for this episode. She will. She'll make like, I don't know, a gargoyle or something. That would be great. Yeah, I'll use it. Send me a she picture of it and we'll use it keep her pretty what's the word like away from the world yeah you know we want her to be in her senses yeah. you know she goes to school because she needs that social stuff because oh, she's yeah. an only child all right and she does have senses she does she's not here but she does sense good people and bad people yeah well, she she is adorable she's absolutely she, she's 
Nessie I made. I love it. That's too cool. And then I made a flower person. Where's that one thing? Is that person with the pink Oh my goodness. You're creative. Oh, she made this one with like a person watching a TV with like static on it. Oh yeah? It was like this small. Oh my goodness. Well yeah. That's where I found Nessie. If you want to make something for this episode, well, and take a picture of it, send it to me. I'll put it as it'll be the cover art for this episode. Can I give this guy a messenger kit? You cannot get him on messenger kit. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, emergency phone call? No. Come anyway, on. go in the house. We're going to talk about some adult stuff just for a few minutes, and then we'll go yard selling like you want. Oh my God. I know. Go play with Megson. Okay, so we're going to get to some, like, real adult stuff here. Okay. So the stories that I talked, she's pretty much already heard them. Me talking yeah. to other people, like coworkers, and telling them, like, Jesus is real. Like, oh yeah, Bible stories might be a little off or whatever, you know, translations. But, like, spiritually and... There we go. We froze up again. I'll give it just a second. I'm sure it'll come right back. Are you there? there? Yep, it's there. All right. So I couldn't talk about it before, but I can talk about it now because I'm not so much kind of like live and you learn. Yeah. So way back when, I want to say like 2011, 2010, my husband and I made a deal that if I lost like 120 pounds, I could have a baby. But I was very heavy from nursing school and working all the time and trying to pay off the house. And yeah, you know how that is. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, okay. So I ended up losing 120 pounds in a year. Wow. Just dieting and exercising. My fitness pal was like my Bible. <laughs> and so in that summer, I found out I was pregnant. And my husband was still in school. Now we're Christian, you know, like all that jazz, you know, and I believe in I'm pro-life and I always thought I was pro-life. Right. You know, I was never really pro-choice, even as a nurse, knowing all that crap. But um, at the time, my husband was really young in his spiritual journey and he the devil had figured out a way we we were very careful it, it was a miracle from god that we procreated to be honest with you yeah because we were very careful and we used everything that we could use and birth control all that stuff and it still didn't matter and it was um, time to have a baby <laughs> i was 25 right and um, so the same week I found out I was pregnant, my mom had died. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah. she always said when one person dies, another person is becoming. And so there was a lot of emotional stuff going on there. Yeah. My mom was alive 
one minute and she was dead. The next minute, she lived a not-so-healthy life. She did dialysis at home, and she was living with two adults that could have helped her. Um, Like, with her dialysis and stuff. She died of fluid overload. Essentially not doing her dialysis. Yeah. She needed to be in a nursing home, you know, but... I guess after all the TIAs and stuff, her brain was just not right, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah. But anyway, that week after she had died, I had found out I was pregnant. It was actually two days after she had died. And the following week, um, I went to her house to get her things, you know, and I was in her closet and I heard her say my name plain as day. Hmm. And I took out of that trailer, took out, took off like a bed of hell. Yeah. I was like, peace. Because it was just like she was trying to like just holler at me, like get my attention. Yeah. So during that time, you know, I, I had a lot of emotions going on. My husband was very um, financially grieving. Like he's like, how are we going to afford a baby? I'm still in school. You know, I'm becoming an electrician. You know, we have this house payment that's like, you know, he was really worried about finances. And that's the man of the household's thing. Right. You know, and um, he had persuaded me to go to the abortion clinic in Cincinnati and do all this because we can't afford a baby and all that. Even though I didn't want to and I knew it was wrong. And I reached out to some people and, you know, you go to a friend and say, hey, what if, what do I tell a friend that's going through this situation? You know, like, not without telling you. You know, it was was spiritual warfare at that point. Because, like, I worked really hard to have a baby and I was all happy about it. Right. And then he was not because he wasn't ready. You know, he didn't think God could provide financially. And so... During this whole thing, it was, it's fuzzy and it's, I went to the clinic. I didn't want to, I went in and out of that clinic like a hundred times. When you go onto that property, you feel like a veil of evil go over you. I kid you not. Wow. It's like you're being suffocated. Like, like it was crazy. Like I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to or no spiritual advisors or anything you know my husband's telling me he's the head of the household so this decision it's between him and god so like i'm young we're young in our marriage you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so he's like you got to do what i say because you know you know i have to you know atone for god you know all that stuff And me just, you know, knowing better. And I just like, do I love my husband more? Do I love God? Like, it was that. Like, which one am I going to choose? Clearly, I chose the wrong person. Because I go into this clinic. And I'm about eight weeks along, probably seven. And I go in there. And it's not a friendly place. I kid you not. Yeah. And it's cold. And... You just, you feel alone and like, like you're in a house, in a haunted house by yourself, you know? Yeah. And the people there are very stone. 
Like they're very cut off. Like no emotion. And they don't call it a baby. They don't call it a fetus. They call it a bunch of cells. But that's not what it is, clearly. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And they still they feed you all this bullshit. You know. And so I I go in and they have like these little suction tools and stuff and so I get on the table and I do my thing. They do what they need to do and more all right so they get you to the table is where it stopped at to the table and i'm on the table looking up at the ceiling and it's getting fuzzy and there's a bunch of posters saying like women can do everything this is just a little step or i don't know something stupid and i'm sitting there and i don't want to do it and i'm just like okay it'll be over and they don't give you anesthetic or nothing they just go up in there dilate your cervix and it hurts like a bitch it's like getting a tooth pulled in between your legs without anesthetic and and as they were taking my child from my womb i felt like i was a marionette and god's strings were getting torn from me oh my goodness like from all my limbs like all the hope and happiness in the world was gone Nothing. There was nothing. A void. Like, I just literally sacrificed my child for nothing. And, like, I'm spiritually grown from that now. Right. But, like, then, like, my husband and I almost got a divorce. I would imagine. Yes. And I told him he was wrong and... It was a lot of healing, and the only way I forgave that man was through the power of Jesus Christ. Right. Because, you know, losing 120 pounds is hard, and doing it in a year is even harder. Yes, it is. So, that was Satan. That was all Satan, and you know what I mean? Because that's the last thing he wants to have another God follower in this world. Wow. And my husband, he agrees that was the weakest moment of his entire life and he will never fail me again. You know, and that was him choosing, you know, worldly things. You know what I mean? He was young. Yeah, he had to grow too. He had to grow too. And that's why I forgive him because, you know, God can tempt anybody, or God, Satan can tempt. And you know what I mean? And his most worrisome thing was financial stability. Yeah. Yes, dear. I made him a pen. Okay, well, we'll get it later. We're talking. Sean. Okay. She made you a pen. Awesome. I love it. it. Yes. Come on, I'm going to draw an alien face on it. All right, go draw an alien face on it. She makes pens and sells them. Well, I will buy one. She makes all sorts of ones. She she sold probably $250 in the last two weeks. Oh my goodness. And she's bought herself a paddleboard and a mermaid tail and flippers. Oh, she's rocking. She she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, 
imagine like feeling the strings of God hold you and always there for you. And you have that safety net and then it just get cut away. Yeah. Like that was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. Yeah, I would imagine so. That that's so hard. And I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um okay. I want people to know that the spiritual Satan is real and like these Hollywood baby killers and shit, that's real. Like yes. if there was no state if there was no God, why would there be Satan people? Like why would there be demons? Why would there be abortion clinics? Like when did all this stuff start happening anyway? Like right. Stone Age, you didn't see people gutting their babies in the Stone Age. Right. You know what I mean? They would just pop out kids. You yeah. know, like Yeah. I mean it was it was about expanding yeah. you know, civilization, not tearing them away. Yeah. That's uh man, to to feel that lonesomeness to that separation from God, I can't imagine what that felt like. It was I want to say worse than death. Yeah, it would have to be. That would be. That's the definition of hell is the absence of God. Right. Yeah, it was. Oh, God. I don't. It makes me want to cry because I failed God. Like my faith, like I was seriously a high pro-lifer. Like, you know, I don't care if I got raped or what. I'm still having that baby. I mean, it's not its fault. Right. You know, but like having your own spouse betray you like that and manipulate you, you know, and Satan use your spouse like that. We've come a long way in our marriage. Yeah. I'd, I'd say so. And that, that's, that's love that you, you've seen it through and forgiven each other. And that's a lot. It, it, sorry, it's a lot to pile on you, man. No, it's okay. I, I like I said, I appreciate it because somebody out here needs to hear it. You know, I don't have abortions. Like that is literally a, a Satan thing. I, I'm telling you, you could push it out of your mind as much as you want. Just say it's a surgical procedure or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're literally preventing a baby from being born because you don't want to deal with it. Right. That's selfishness. Isn't that one of the evil sins or deadly sins? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And murder. Yeah. Yeah, murder. Yeah. But the Nazis are all the same in his eyes. Like they're all bad. Right. Yeah. I think it's, uh, this is one of the most important messages that's ever been on this show. And I think yeah. that could be a big part of all these interruptions we've had. Like, I, I don't know, like, I, I help my community. If I see girls that are, I refer them to pregnancy help centers and stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I just tell people like it is. Yeah. I don't hold back. I don't patter, pitter, patter foot. I let my opinions be known. Like everything that I have is because of hard work, believing in God and having faith and kicking butt and taking names and staying away from the wrong people and situations. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if I have a question, I just get on my old good old Bible app or Google it. What does the Bible <laughs> say <about> this? <laughs> you know, like my parents, like I said, they were agnostic. The only people in my family was like my dad's side, my grandma and grandpa that took me to like the weird churches that played with snakes. Right. <laughs> 
Like, I remember being terrified as a little kid, so. Right. In the hollows of Kentucky. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I, I go to a really small church, and we are in the very head of a holler, like, <laughs> very remote. And it's the church was, it's actually a converted garage. Like, okay. yeah, so it, it's tiny. We get, we can get about 50 people in there. You know, we got, we got pews and stuff like that. It's official. It's legit. But we are a non-denominational church. We're like a little community church. Oh, we got some of those out here. And so where we don't fit into a, a certain association, of like, you know, we don't have a certain name over the church. There's been so many rumors that have spread <laughs> about our church. Like they, they, they said that we've handled snakes. They've, they said that we were some kind of cult or whatever. And all it is, is our church is growing. My uh, thing is like, what, what's the point of putting a name on it? Just say Jesus follower. Yeah. Who cares? Just yeah. We, we call it the bread of life community church. And it, it's not a Baptist church. It's not a church of God. It, you know, it's just a community church to where anybody can just come in here and we're just going to praise the Lord. And we preach the whole Bible. We don't hold anything out of it. Mm -hmm. And, and people, some of these people stuck in religion or they're stuck in tradition. They mm -hmm. don't know how to handle it. That it was kind of like that at the convent. They were with ritualistic stuff. Yeah. But these women, I swear to you, are the most God-fearing, God-living women I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. They may be stuck in their rituals, but they do it with all their heart. Yeah. Now, personally, I, I like a good ritual. <laughs> you know? All went to heaven, I swear to you. Their hearts were in the right place. Oh, I guarantee it, yeah. I mean, they may be Catholic and believe different, but... Just the way they are. They were the sweetest little old ladies ever. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, the Catholic faith, they still believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They believe that Jesus came and died for our sins. They had the same foundational same beliefs, you know. Uh, they they get a bad rep because there's some, uh, there's some shady stuff coming out of the Vatican, I believe. Yeah. But, but your day-to-day, -day, you know, I was raised Catholic. My, my dad's side of the family was Catholic. Um, they get a bad reputation, but they 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 worship the same God, the same Jesus. Don't they all do that? Don't yep. they all? Yeah. Like every single one of them, nothing's different. That's it. That's it's it. just That's... them trying to separate themselves from each other. Yeah. Just let people. All... I mean, it doesn't yeah. make sense. I know it. That's the thing of religion. It's an it's another deity on the checklist to separate us from God. Yep. That's it. Anything that he can do to cause division, you know, to separate yep. the body of Christ. That's what it comes down to. And we just got to rise above that. Let me see and that I, pen. Oh, here you go. She drew <laughs> it all, it's coming off. She'll have to fix it. Hold on. I love it. She's so creative. She she's got a few weird ones in there. Yeah, I'll 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 send her whatever you know. Just uh, send me a an invoice. Email me an invoice, and I'll I'll send you. <laughs> I'll pay her for it. 
make you a few of them i'm sure she'll probably make you one with like a poop emoji on it or something (laughs) that's fun she's 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 on it she sold a lot of them yesterday in our little hometown that's sweet she's she's different in our hometown it's all about like whose last name's who and who has what i just don't care about any of that yeah but on the side note about speaking of conspiracies and all that yeah now, when I was little, I was one more interruption. <laughs> okay, that, that was weird. Anyway, I live in this little town, and I would run the streets from the time I was six years old until I was like fourteen. Right. I mean, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows who's bad kids, who, you know, come home when the lights come on. Yeah. And until I was about 12 years old, I did not, I felt fine, like, being out, running around. My mom was a bartender. She slept during the day. Wasn't really there. Anyway, so I pretty much was on my own. So I had to go through my instincts, you know. And I remember being down on Mill Street. And stay on it with a friend, and we were playing hide and seek. I remember being in the closet, hiding under a blanket. I remember thinking she found me coming into the closet, but it wasn't her. It was her grandpa. Oh. And he had some not-so-good intentions. Oh, no. And I just heard in my head, like, I heard a zipper unzipping, and I heard... Some in my head and say leave now, and I just hightailed it up there, and I ran as fast as that house, grabbed my backpack, and went on up to the main street where I lived. Oh my goodness! So, like, I mean, spiritual evilness is everywhere. Yes, it is. And you know, I was talking to my husband the other day with these. You know, they talk about this Sound of Freedom movie coming out. Yep. And how Disney kept it under wraps for like five years, didn't want it to come out, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He knows more about it than I do. I just hear bits and pieces of it. I don't really pay attention to celebrities and all that crap because I don't really care about them. Right. It's entertainment, and Satan was the boss of entertainment to distract you from what's important. Yeah. So I don't really deal with that kind of stuff. I'm not big on movies or... I don't know. I know that's weird. No, that's not. That's not weird. That's a that's a growing thing. You know, we uh, we've separated ourselves from like you know watching award shows and all that kind of stuff. We don't do that either. But we did go watch Sound of Freedom. We want. I want to go see it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's not in our local yet. I don't think. Um. Anyway, so like, I, I was hearing my husband talk about this and. I've thought this for a long time, you know, with all this, like, the evil in Hollywood and all that. That sounds, I mean, that's legit because Satan likes entertainment. He likes music. He likes everything that's bad. And they pretty much promote all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just makes sense that that would be his holy playground. Yeah. And I was telling my husband, I said, you know, all these missing children that are coming, And all these, you know, 
them getting closer. I had a friend in Batesville have some gentleman follow her and her daughter the other day in their store. I said, I would have pulled out my uh, nine millimeter and told him to get on walking. Yeah. You know, she don't carry a nine. I don't know why people don't carry. I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dangerous world we live in. I don't think people realize that you can still be in a little town and be in danger. Absolutely. But I was telling him, I said, I'm glad we live out in the middle of nowhere. And he goes, I only if I could keep you home. <laughs> Cause I like going to town. I like visiting, you know? Yeah. Um, but I was telling him the other night, I said, I think I know why all these kids are missing and stuff. I said, we never really heard of it. Back in the day, you know what I mean? Back in the 60s and stuff, you would hear kids go missing from time to time, but not all the time. Right. You know, you know what I mean? You see them on the back of the milk jug. Like, you didn't really hear about sex trafficking and child trafficking a whole lot back in the 60s and stuff. No, no you didn't. I mean, either it was well hidden or I, I don't know. And I was telling him, I said, I think... Honestly, our government might be in on it because of population control. I mean, they're feeding the devil. They're doing their devil stuff. Satan, antics, whatever. They're feeding that, and they're also feeding the world population. Yeah. I don't know. I might be kind of crazy. Well, um, it's not that they're, you know, they're checking off a lot of boxes by doing one horribly vile thing yeah. yeah they're checking off a lot of boxes you know they're stimulating the economy or trying to the dark economy dark web stuff right. you know the organ thing they're doing a lot of evil shit yeah it's very very dark that's why i think that we've got to be getting closer to the end you know elena has said she's had some dreams and i'm like don't tell me about those i'm good yeah you know, I think we're getting closer to the end more than people think. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I think we're just going to end up, like, just killing ourselves off here. God just yeah. be like, here, here's a little help. You know, I'm like, the world is so evil. How can you just watch while somebody gets hurt? Yeah. I mean, if they're evil, bad people, I could do I could watch that, like. You know, people put these signs up like a dead pedophile is a a non-reoffender, you know, or mm -hmm. argue with, with me why or something. Like back in the day, we would kill people for doing that. Yeah. Now they don't have any punishment whatsoever. And I think that's a problem, too. Of course it is. Of course this it is. This is the playground, man. He's having a whole bunch of recusy fun. Yep. Yep. His days are coming. He knows. he knows it that's why he's ramping everything up even more that's it that's why it's even more prevalent or more coming out people are noticing more stuff on the tv like what is this where people are like tiktoking and pointing things out like because they don't care they're in a hurry to do something yeah. like yeah. they're being rushed and they need to get so many evil souls i don't know yeah, there's there's definitely an agenda going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a little old country girl, but I ain't stupid. 
<laughs> Signs are everywhere if we know where to look. Yes, they are. I just want to, like, at the end of the day, I just want to go do my job at the nursing home, come home, go to bed, do it again. There you go. Live a simple life. Yes, I mean, because as a single person, you can't save the world, but collectively, all of us could do something. I mean, I was thinking about the government earlier. You know, do we really need it? We should just take, stop participating, you know? Yeah. What will happen if you stop participating? Money be worthless. Yep. Like, oil be worthless. You know, just go back to the old cart and buggy. If everybody unplugged at the same time, but, you know, we can't get, we can't get five people to agree on what they want for dinner. You know what I mean? So, all we can do is stay in the faith, you know, take care of our own, and get through it yeah that's all you can do is just take it one day at a time that's what i do that's right. and i have to admit i have rebuked a few things at work before i've prayed over my workplace you know and rebuked whatever evil spirits that my coworkers bring in oh yeah yeah I, i'm a teacher i've had to you know pray over my classroom before you know when it's still empty you know to Try to just try to protect the kids the best way I can, best way I know how. So. Well, see, that's that's really crazy because even at the convent when I worked there, I brought some things to attention. And um, you know how Satan goes back at you, pushes back. And um I ended up quitting my job there because I had made a TikTok video about how um how Satan can use your coworkers. It doesn't matter who you are. If they are not set in the spiritual, he can use those coworkers to bring you down. You know, and I was talking about like, if you're a happy person and you're happy with your work and you're going to work doing, you know, working for God, you know, you just not being brought down by, it, you know, right. work like you're working for God, you won't get burnt out from it. You know, you'll enjoy it. Right. And I was talking about that. And I was saying, like, it doesn't matter if you work at a convent. It doesn't matter where you work. Satan can get in anywhere. The convent didn't like that. Yeah, I would imagine not. <laughs> That's insinuating there's Satan in there. I'm like, well, you did hire one. <laughs> they didn't yeah. like that. I would imagine it wouldn't go over too well. Well, it really wasn't, like, it didn't go over too well, but, like, I was telling them, like, when I came to them, like, in faith, telling them of some issues that need to be taken and handled, they didn't investigate, they didn't ask any questions, they just told me to shut up, basically. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I can't do that if something's not right. No, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to expose the darkness. Yes, you are. And I can't be a kosher person if I can't expose the darkness. That's right. I can't work for places like that. I can't, you know, I'm going to work for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be honest. You know, if you suck at your job, I'm going to be like, hey, you suck. You need to do better. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a nurse. My wife's a nurse. This that very blunt but very honest, you know. Don't 
honest and we don't take no BS. That's right. Don't ask opinions if you don't want the truth. All right. That is, that is right. And you better come to work if you're scheduled unless you're dying. <laughs> That's right. Well, Callie, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate everything you went over with me and the way you just opened up about some really personal stuff. That, that's a blessing to me, and I'm sure it's going to be a blessing for those that hear it. Well, there, I hope I'm just telling the truth and like it is. Yes. Yes. Is there anything else we wanted to go over before we uh, before we wrap this up? Not really. I mean, just people need to open their eyes and like, you know, how they say, get woke. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. I agree. Get woke with the spirituality, you know. I, well, you know what? I, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me or not, but I think uh, you, froze, you froze up again. There it is. There it is. I'm, I'm, I'm just moving. Okay. All well, right, I'll get Elena so she can say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Let me say goodbye to Elena. Elena, let me say goodbye. Well, come here. Got every light in the house on. All right. Bye. Bye, Elena. Bye. Thank you for the pen. I appreciate it. I'm going to send you some money for it. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. All right, I'll put that so I can box it up later. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you and I hope the podcast gets some hits. Hey, thank you so much. You guys have a good day. Sorry to get you up early, but. Oh, no, it's fine. It's raining and we were going to go biking. So. You enjoy it. Oh, we're going to try if it ever stops raining. <laughs> well, you guys have a good evening, okay? You too. Enjoy your day, too. I will. God bless. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel it anytime. Get in on... Uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless.
personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
when I was young. All the wicked things that I've done. And then one night, on my knees I pray. I ask the Lord for some better days. Yes, I went to the altar. I fell down on my knees and I prayed. I asked the Lord. have a friend who had grew ill. Doctors said the only way he would make it would be God's will. He called me up one night just to say, brother, if you would need you to pray. So I went to the altar. I fell down on my knees and I prayed. I asked the So if you're here, feeling lonely, and your burdens you no longer can bear, just come on up to this altar and take it to the Lord in prayer. Come on up to this altar and fall down on your knees and pray. Ask the Lord to forgive you and you'll be Come on up to this altar and fall down on your knees and pray. And ask the Lord to forgive you and you'll be living.
Hey. Mm-hmm.